0: Why is seminary so expensive?
1: No expense, no expense.
0: At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, we are committed to the reform of theological education toward meeting the needs of churches across the globe. Men of God cannot serve their churches well if they are burdened with tens of thousands of dollars in student loans from seminary.
1: Tens of thousands of dollars.
0: At CBTS, you can receive a robust theological education for nearly four times less than other institutions. To find out more about how you can receive an accredited theological degree at a cost that you can afford, visit cbtseminary.org.
1: Welcome to Confessing the Faith, a theological and devotional walk through the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. I am your host, Sam Waldron, pastor of Grace Reformed Baptist Church in Owensboro, Kentucky, and president of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We come today to continue our study of Chapter 12 of the Confession and the important subject of adoption. In particular, we are considering right now, adoption in the history of redemption. In a previous podcast, I noted that with regard to adoption in the history of redemption, three matters must occupy our attention. They are the original status of sonship, the sonship of Adam, the typical status of sonship, the sonship of Israel, and the substantial status of sonship, the adoption of the church. Having considered Adam and Israel, we come today to a third of these subjects, the substantial status of sonship, the adoption of the church. Well, the corporate adoption of the church, the new covenant Israel, is implied in Romans 8.15 and 23 and Ephesians 1.5. It is the reference of Galatians 4.5 to adoption, which most clearly refers to the corporate adoption of the church as a redemptive historical event the entire context of galatians 4 5 supports this assertion the thrust of galatians is the refutation of the judaizers who are arguing that it was necessary to observe the ceremonies connected with the law circumcision, dietary laws, the religious calendar, in order to be justified. Paul's response to this argument is not simply to expound the doctrine of justification by faith alone. It is rather to argue that the whole economy to which the Judaizers attached such supreme importance was merely temporary. Thus, the whole foundation of the Judaizing argument was blasted away This means, however, that it is not merely the order salutis and justification by faith, but the historia salutis, the history of redemption, and the secondary and temporary character of the Mosaic covenant, which dominates Galatians. Furthermore, the whole content in which Galatians 4-5 occurs is dominated by discussion of redemptive history. Galatians 3 speaks of how the Abrahamic promise preceded the Mosaic Law, both in history and in that way in importance. Galatians 3.23 speaks of the period before faith came, and verse 25, of the time now that faith has come. Whatever the more precise meaning of these phrases may be, they certainly must be understood, not in an individual, but in an historical sense. Paul is not, in other words, speaking of the coming of faith to an individual in his conversion, but of the coming of the faith to the world through its revelation in the historical event of Christ's advent. Thus in Galatians 4.4, he says, when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his Son. The resulting adoption he contrasts with the period before Christ's coming when God's minor children were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world, verse 3. This adoption of the church to the redemptive work of Christ involves blessings which go far beyond those temporal privileges bestowed by the national adoption of Israel. According to Galatians 4, 6, and 7, this sonship imparts the blessings of the indwelling spirit and the eternal inheritance. These blessings did not belong to the condition of slavery and bondage in which national Israel, with all her privileges, was held. Galatians 4, 1-7 A word of explanation is necessary here. It is not, of course, being asserted that individuals under the Old Covenant in no case possess the blessings of the indwelling spirit and the internal inheritance individuals did possess such blessings it is only being stated here that such blessings did not belong to israel as a whole in virtue of her national adoption such blessings do belong to the church as a corporate whole in virtue of her adoption because the church is composed only of those who have received christ